Right back at it for the Utah Jazz. Now they get Oklahoma City and joining us now once again, one of our favorites from the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com, Barry Trammell, sports columnist. Barry, good morning. How are you guys doing in Salt Lake? Can you believe believe it's been three years since that morning I came up and did the show with you? That was fun. Uh, That's three years ago. (laughs) Crying out loud. Time, Time flies, right? And so, sure yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's odd how people cross paths. Um, Maddie Lee worked here and worked there for a while, and I saw her at a game here and said, "You know Barry Trammell," and I got five minutes about what an awesome guy you are. <laughs> well, we loved her for crying out loud. Well, now she's working at Wrigley Field covering the Cubs. So. Yeah, she's covering baseball, which yeah. uh, I guess going to Wrigley. If you Wrigley Field's your office, I guess life could be worse. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. You know, you're covering the Thunder, and they come in here with uh, with an unusual team. And before we get to the players and all that, I'm just wondering what the take is on a rebuild that brings in. It's not that there isn't some exciting young talent in Oklahoma City, because there is. But the future is resting on 34 draft picks over like the next seven years. 17 first rounders, 17 second rounders. Does this excite people? Are they thinking they're going to be great trades? Are they thinking they're going to sort through this and end up with some high lottery picks? Some things will break your way at some point. How do people view 34 picks? Because I don't think I've ever talked about an NBA team with that many draft picks. Well, 34 draft picks is the ticket to a Super Bowl championship. I don't know that it gets you to the NBA Finals. Um, you know, if you, if you had a football team, you'd say, well, we're going to use all 34 of these picks. You can't use all 34 picks. There's only, there's only 17 roster spots counting two-way players. So clearly the Thunder's going to have to, you know, do something with them. In terms of what the fans think, it all depends on what kind of fan you are. If you're a deep you know, if you're sort of a deep state fan that sort of knows what's going on and understands, you're sort of excited and thrilled. If you're one of those marginal fans that just like to watch the games and see them win, you have no idea what's going on and don't know why Why, why isn't Al Horford playing. He's one of the better players on the team. And why doesn't Shea Gilgis-Alexander tough it out and play with that foot injury? And who are these guys they just signed off the street? So... You know, it just depends on how invested you are. Now, the question becomes, how long do those deep investors stick with this plan? How long are they willing to go through a, a year in which the Thunders, where have they lost? Six in a row, I think. I can't remember, but they're all, they've lost uh, five of six by at least 20 points. They got beat by 37 and 29, I think it was, on back-to-back nights last week. Just miserable basketball. Um, The good news for the Thunder is a perfect year. If you're going to stink, stink in a pandemic year when nobody can go to the games, when everything's turned upside down anyway. But, you know, they're going to struggle again next year, no doubt about it. So the question becomes, and Utah went through this a little bit, is how how long of a runway do you have to tank? And that's the question we don't know yet about the Thunder. What's your confidence in Presti being able to deliver on these picks? Because it's one thing to have picks, uh, but whether you use them actually drafting players or trading players, whatever it might be, what's your confidence that he could use all this collection to make the right moves and get this team back to where it was? 
oh, really high. You know, he he's most of his trades have been great. Now, the, you know, the James Harden deal didn't turn out fantastic, but you know, I mean, they still it wasn't a total colossal failure. They got Stephen Adams in the deal, and he was the defensive cornerstone on on two Western Conference Finals, and a really good player still in the NBA. And and they got draft capital out of that, and uh, traded Adams, you know, four months ago for more draft capital. And uh, he generally does really well on trades, so we we're pretty sure that he can do the same. The good thing about all these trades is, you know, let's say they end up with the say they end up with the seventh pick this year. Um, you know, maybe you can maybe you can trade that seventh pick for a fifth pick by throwing in two future draft picks, you know. Maybe that's the way you use some of those 34 picks is just to improve your draft status in a given year. And, you know, nobody knows. If you're not picking Anthony Davis or, or LeBron James, you know, the draft can be a, a crapshoot. Um, you know, we, we know that. You know, this year, who knows? Who knows how... Uh, how uh, Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman are going to end up? You know, they went one two. How are they are they going to be long term stars in the NBA? Maybe, maybe not. So you never know. So even if you're picking four or six or eight, you know, there's no that's no guarantee you won't get a star. But um, the idea that you have 34 and you're going to get you know a couple of first round picks on average per year doubles your chances to to strike it rich. So it's you know the the future looks great for the Thunder. It's just that the the present is, is not so much. So the Thunder coming in with the exact same record as the Wizards, 20 wins, 33 losses. The Wizards beat the Jazz twice this year. And you know Russell Westbrook and the chip he can have on his shoulder and have what happened with the fan here. The Jazz are always going to get his best shot, regardless of whether he's in Oklahoma City, Houston, Washington, wherever he plays the rest of his career. They're going to get his best shot every time they see him. But does this Thunder team have any capability of doing that? Because six in a row, as you mentioned, and nine out of ten, it really does like we're get, look like we're getting into play out the string territory here. Yeah, no, this they've become fairly non-competitive. Um, you know, they were they were actually pretty scrappy team until the last two weeks. I think they were 20 and 24 at one time. Um, they were in position. If they'd have wanted to, they could have made a decent run at the uh, a decent run at that 10th spot, maybe even the ninth. Um, but then they, tr- they they sat Al Horford. They traded George Hill. You know, They clearly are not trying to win. SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not playing. Um, when they got all hands on deck, they're fairly mediocre. And, you know, mediocre can get you some things done in the NBA, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're playing with water guns. Um, they don't really have much going on. They're playing a bunch of guys that aren't really NBA caliber players. And, um, you know, any chance that Utah had of losing this game, I think was wiped out when Washington beat them because that'll, you know, that'll just make the jazz sit up and take notice probably so um you know the the thunders uh, general uh 
method of playing these days is they're pretty scrappy for the first quarter or half, and then they by the third or fourth quarter they're just getting they're getting bulldozed. It could happen a lot earlier tonight. It's somebody like the Jazz who are so good. So yeah, this will this is you know it makes no sense to say this because you know Utah. Um, you know the the earlier the earlier action between these two teams was really competitive, but this is this is a one sided affair. This is more like a college football game where you sort of know what what the result's going to be before it's played. That's one of the beauties of the NBA. You never really know what's going to happen when you go to the arena, even if it's Jazz Wizards, which has no business being a, a tight game, but was or uh, you know an upset victory. You pretty much know tonight. This is not. This is not a winnable game for Oklahoma City. You look at the guard line with uh, what you call him SGA. I like that and uh, Dort. And I, I, I realize the one's not playing there. Are they set there, or do they need improvement there too? Well, those are two really good players. Dort is big time defender, and he's turned out to be a decent scorer. So. Um, he's a steal. You know, he was undrafted last year and um, signed to a, a two-way deal and played a lot in the G League and then ended up starting down the stretch last season. And this year he's been a really solid NBA player and he's still only 21 years old. And he's a tank of a guy. He's a, you know, he's, he's a linebacker playing, playing guard in the NBA. So he can defend all kinds of people. And um, he's he's getting better on offense, so he's a building block. He's a guy that he could he could be really good on a, even a good team. And I think uh, Gilgis Alexander is a budding star. This guy's averaging twenty three points a game with high efficiency. He's not shooting forty one percent from the field. He's a really big time player. He's an all star caliber player. So that's the building stuff block. Those two guys, and they need more, of course. Um, but that's not a bad way to start. SGA is 22 and Dort is 21. Now, of course, one of the problems we have in Oklahoma City is that when when uh, Kevin Durant uh, and Russell Westbrook were 22 and James Harden and Serge Ibaka were 21, they were in the NBA Finals. So we got a pretty high standard when you look at age development. That's that's something we have to sort of get past. But the, the the fact that they've got Gilgis Alexander and Dort that's a very good, a good, very good thing to build upon, and and, and you know, in, in the hopes of being pretty competitive in a couple of years. I want to hit you up on some college football, Barry, because uh, you know you're in the Sooners' backyard right there. So I figure college football is never very far out of your wheelhouse, regardless of what month of the year it is. Charlie Brewer transferred from Baylor to Utah. Kyle Whittingham has been talking him up. Uh, Spring ball, he just, I mean, I know people are positive in spring ball, but Kyle's really positive about him. What did you see from Brewer in the time he was at Baylor? What do you think of him? Charlie Brewer was a very good Big 12 quarterback, which means he's a very good quarterback. We got, you know, we've got high standards for quarterbacks in this league. His his last year at Baylor, 2020 at Baylor, was not that great. Um, Baylor struggled, they had COVID issues. Uh, new coach with Dave Aranda, a new system, that kind of thing. And it didn't go great for Brewer. Um, but before that, 
you know, in 2019, he's the quarterback of a team that, that goes to Sugar Bowl. So, um, very tough guy. Not a classic, strong arm type quarterback. More of a, you know, more of a uh, gutty, heady um, type quarterback guy. That just sort of gets the job done. Very good bloodlines. You know, his his dad was a quarterback at Texas. His uh, his great uncle was a uh, halfback at OU, great halfback under Bud Wilkinson. So he's got a long bloodline at uh, knowing what what to get done. Came from a great high school program in Texas. So he's a winning type quarterback. I think he could really help just about anybody that needs a quarterback. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't go great in 2020 at Baker. It wasn't Charlie's fault, I don't think. Nothing really went well there. So I, I don't claim to be on the inside to know what happened. But I was a little surprised he left because he is such a Texas institution. Um, but um, we'll see how he does at Utah. You know, we've sent – state of Oklahoma sent a couple of quarterbacks out to Utah. Um, oh, the uh, Thompson kid, mm-hmm. uh, Kendall Thompson. And then – uh, oh. Tommy Grady was another one, and neither one did all that great, it didn't seem like. Um, right. Uh, so, um, and I don't know if, if Charlie can, can buck that trend or not, but I he's definitely a good get for Utah. There's no question about that. Anybody that anybody that saw Charlie Brewer play in 2019, I mean, he, had, he had the Bears on the cusp of a, of a uh, college football playoff berth. They went overtime with OU in the Big 12 title game in 2019, and and would have made the playoffs with a victory. He got hurt in that game. Uh, didn't finish the game. I think it was a concussion, if I remember right. But he was a uh, he was a really good player at Baylor. No question about it. How about that running back pledger coming over for Utah? Now, I think he's good. Um, he was always one of my favorite. I don't know. You guys are probably too young to remember Ross Porter. Ross Porter was the longtime Los Angeles Dodgers uh, television announcer. Uh, 30 years, worked with Vince Gulley and all those guys. Ross is from Oklahoma, and Ross is in his late 80s now. He lives out in Southern California. He emails me all the time. And when Pledger was in high school, he emailed me and said, keep your eye on this kid. He's coming to OU. He goes to my grandson's high school. He's fabulous. So I've always had sort of a particular interest in T.J. Pledger. He came here. The OU tailback room is very crowded. It's hard hard to get much traction there. But in the last couple of years, he's played a bunch and made a lot of plays, and um, so I think he can. I think he can get some things done at Utah. He's not a bruiser. He is a. You know, he's fairly small for his tailback nowadays. Uh, he's not necessarily a blazer either. He's not going to run away from people. So you think, well, what guy can't run over people? Can't run away from people? What can he do? Well, he can just make people miss. You know, he can. He can turn uh, a three-yard gain into an 11-yard gain, and he can turn a, a one-yard loss into a three-yard gain. And those are valuable, valuable traits to have. So I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's going to come in and rush for 1,700 yards. But I do think he can help Utah. I know he would help Oklahoma. Uh, you know, the Sooners wanted him to stay. So he's a guy I think can, that can make a, uh, a nice difference. Well, I've got you. Let me ask you guys. I don't know the uh, the kid from uh, Utah State who transferred to Oklahoma State. Um, oh, Jalen, uh, 
Oh, what's his name? Oh, crap, the uh, tailback J- from last Jaylen season. Jalen Warren. Uh, Warren. Jalen Warren. How's he, you know, he's, he's come to a, a, the OSU tailback room. How's he going to do in uh, Stillwater, do you think? You know, that's a good question, moving from the Mountain West. I think it hurts Utah State losing him. I thought he was good for them. Is he going to step into the Big 12? And I don't know what their tailback room is like, how he's gonna, who he's got to compete with. Um, I, think, I think he'd be good if he were here. Uh, Yach, the first thing Yach said, if he's healthy. That was that was his first take on it. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I saw he only he only played three games last season. So um, yeah, I'm just curious. I actually wrote about them the other day, and um, it they got three returning tailbacks that got quite a bit done. So he didn't. It's not like he went to a, a desert of tailbacks. So I thought that was interesting. Anytime a, a guy transfers and goes to a place that's got some returning players at that position, to me, it's sort of impressive. That they're not running from competition, so so it, that's good. Well, I'll keep an eye on him. If you think that uh, Baylor had a bad year last year, you should have seen Utah State. That was super, <laughs> super disappointing. The levels of yeah. disappointment rolling out of Logan uh, was just one crashing wave of disappointment after another. It was a downer of a year. So yeah. All right. Hey, we appreciate it as always talking to you, Barry. Thanks for coming on the air. Thanks for a little NBA and a little college football. You bet. Good luck to those Jazz. I hope they can. Uh, I hope they can uh, fly the flag at, uh, when uh, here in the middle of the summer. An NBA championship for Salt Lake. Sign me up for it. Okay. Well, there are a lot of people who are willing to sign up for that. Thanks, Barry. You bet. Barry Trammell, columnist and longtime columnist in Oklahoma, has done radio there. Has done a little bit of TV. He's done it all. You can read him at newsok.com. DJ and PK, we got Utah football availability coming up. Kyle Whittingham and Charlie Brewer among those scheduled to speak. You'll hear them right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.